Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Twentieth Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today I'm joined by, well, a man who would buy anything for a dollar, <laughs> Gareth Powell. Thank you, Scott. Although the dollar has devalued over yes, time, yeah. so um, you can get less for that dollar than you could in 1987. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that phrase now, I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, probably meaningless, yeah. really, these days. Definitely has significant merit back then. Yeah, because everyone, everyone's like, no, it's not, <laughs> at least ten dollars now. Yeah. Well, yeah, Poundland still does a good uh, good range. I'd buy that for a euro. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have... Well, that's, how will that last? Pass in Greece. Yes. <laughs> it's probably worthless. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, from that phrase, we, we, it might be obvious for some, for others. I don't know. I think that's still pretty niche. Obscure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah I think it is obscure. There's, a, there's, an, yeah, age, there's yeah. an age range on this. Yeah, there is. Uh, we are going to be looking back at... Um, the Robocop franchise uh, and we're going to be running through the films and we're going to discuss them and our thoughts on them really. Now we should be clear we are going to be talking about the theatrical movies. You tell me we're not doing the series? Oh yeah. I do. Oh. We may discuss we may talk about it at some point but I do not really I do not they do not deserve <laughs> time. time. No. Uh, neither do the t- uh, the, the straight TV movies yeah. the four yeah. prime directives I think they're called. Uh, we will probably reference the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I still don't want to talk about that. Or the fact that there's an episode where Robocop transforms into a bike. Um, it's That's yeah. pretty useful. Let's, let, yeah, I mean, we'll get probably talk more about those when we get to Robocop 3. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll start as usual with... Well, you and I, let's talk, how did you come across Robocop? What's your first exposure to Robocop? So, again, my, my exposure of a lot of these... Like late eighties films, early nineties films, is mm. through late night channel three, mm. up late at night as a child, catching the odd film. I think, you know, looking back on it, I think I caught three first, if mm. you would, and and that, that kind of <laughs> you <more started. laughs> yeah, I know, and uh, that kind of skewed uh, skewed the way I saw um, Robocop. Yeah, so my introduction to Robocop was yeah late night films, catching those. You know, you shouldn't be watching them at a young mm. age. Some of them are ultra violent, not three, but no. especially one and two it gets pretty violent. And then actually, I had um, Robocop versus Terminator. Um, on the master system. Oh, you had the game. Yeah. So that was kind of my real introduction into Robocop was actually through one of the spin off the game. Ah. And then more into the films later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. But it's a different way. You know, I always kind of have this not straightforward. It's always kind of. Yeah, yeah. Late night. That, I mean, the, the Robocop versus Terminator stuff is actually really good. The yeah, comic and yeah. the game was really yeah. good. So um, that's not a bad way to get into it. I, I'm similar, actually. Robocop 2 was the first one I watched. Okay. Um, and it usually comes down to as usual. I had a friend whose older brother had it yeah. on VHS, mm-hmm. and um, a pirated copy or a no, no, no. This was so this, would, so this would have been early nineties. Well, probably yeah. about eleven. Right. Um, so it was, it was. I remember. The, I remember it quite vividly. That three was coming out. Yeah. And there was big talk at school and stuff about RoboCop three, uh, and I remember sort of um, my mate Gaz. He said, um, "Oh yeah, well, you know, my mate Matt, my brother Matt's got the got the first one. Yeah, yeah, on video." Yeah. Uh, video for those people <laughs> yeah. were before Blu-ray and before DVD, and uh, before that there was a, 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 a sort of envelope-sized black box on which films came top, on. Top loading, top load, yeah, a top loading VCR. Yeah. Um, ask your dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so we, I remember watching RoboCop two right. and being blown away by it. Like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was really. I think this is amazing. Um, and uh, then I went. Then I saw three. Yeah. And I remember being hugely disappointed with three, and yeah. then going back and watching one. But how old were you when you saw three? Then do you think? See, three would have been a couple of years later, so I'd probably been early teens. Okay, yeah. 12, so it's so enough to see that actually this isn't because you have to mm. a young as a young teenage lad, you're looking for a bit of violence in your life. I remember watching well, Terminator two compa- and you compared know. to yeah, compared to RoboCop two, yeah, and then you watch RoboCop three, you are yeah, like, yeah. oh, all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. Now I know more about it. You can like, see what happened. I can see why yeah, it happened. Yeah. I don't agree with why it happened. No, <laughs> definitely why. not. No. Um, but yeah, like yourself, I actually saw Robocop 1 last. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. But I do think I saw it. I do remember seeing it on, like you say, BBC or ITV or something. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. a Saturday night. Yeah. Late night, Saturday night yeah, TV. So. That seems to be like the, you know, where you'll find a lot of these films, mm. isn't it? Late yeah. Night. This must be cheap to pick up and just run I think they were at that point. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, there's a definite generation in this country, in Britain especially, that if you were to ask, the, if when did you watch mm. those sort of seminal eighties movies? Yeah, a lot of them would probably say actually in the early nineties yeah. on a Saturday night TV. I, I can think of, uh, for me, Lethal Weapon, yes. Beverly Hills Cop, yes. Beetlejuice, yeah. RoboCop. All these that I finally exactly. saw. Yeah, there, there was a, a spate when these films were just, uh, Saturday night on ITV. Yeah. They had movie night and it was amazing. I feel like Channel Five when it first came on used to do a lot of these type of films. As they well. did. Yeah. yeah. Was and it Virgin when it first? I can't remember. But then it then it just made reality TV shows and became shit. So let, yeah. let's start with RoboCop One. Okay. So let's give a quick synopsis. So it is. It, was, it came out in 1987. Yeah. Uh, written, written by uh, Edward Numa and Michael Miner. Uh, directed by B- Paul Verhoeven. Which actually goes on. I wasn't. I didn't appreciate the other films. He's mm. gone to create as well, actually. Which one? Total Recall. Oh, Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Got, he was in that this period. Yeah, we'll talk about Paul Verhoeven because he he was on fire at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, starring uh, Peter Weller as Robocop, Nancy Allen as uh, Officer Officer Anne Lois. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Cox as uh, Dick Jones, uh, Kurtwood Smith as um, Clarence Bodica, yes. and uh, Miguel Frere as. Um, Robert or Bob, what's his name? His name is Bob Morton. Bob Morton. So the 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 plot yeah. um, is OCP, Omni Consumer Products, are working towards building Delta City yeah. uh, on what is basically the ruins of Detroit or old Detroit. It's like a great company. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who wouldn't want to work? Great place to work. Who wouldn't yeah. want to work for them? Yeah. Um, and uh, they are doing this by the claiming they will clean up old Detroit. And then yeah. build this new Delta City out of sort of the ruins. So yeah, it's so almost like the Phoenix out of the ashes. Yeah, it's like gentrifying. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. an extreme Which is pretty, <laughs> pretty relevant to the yeah. player across. Um, and in order to do this, they say they're going to introduce more extreme law enforcement. Uh, yeah. The initial concept is a robotic law enforcement droid called Ed Two Hundred Nine. Yeah. Following a presentation accident, which we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, Ed Two Hundred Nine is taken. The project is taken offline to be fixed, and uh, Bob Morton steps forward with the idea. Of the RoboCop program, yeah. uh, Officer uh, Murphy, Murphy yeah. uh, killed in the line of action. His body is taken and it is transformed into the robotic cop, part man, part machine, all cop, all that hero, is, all hero that is RoboCop. Um, over a period of time, we uh, he starts to regain his humanity and uncovers corruption mm-hmm. uh, within OCP. We find that actually OCP is running the criminal underworld that is destroying Detroit. 
so that they can build Delta City. Which, to be fair, looks quite nice. But this is the problem I, I mean... have. There's some parts of this film, right? That I, the first film that I find confusing. Like, right, gone. OCP, as we said, yeah. doesn't seem like the most honest or horrible, nicest of companies to work for. No. However. Their end goals looks <laughs> seem, all right. Seem pretty I mean, legit. Yeah, but you, you don't know to what extent they're going to try and cleanse the city though to get there. No, I mean that's that's, that's difficult. You mean looks nice and shiny at the end if it looks a bit of a shit but all the places. Well, yeah, and that's sort of I think what three was trying to get to, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but it was more um, like cleansing rather than the, improving. Yeah, yeah, um, the bad change. Yeah, but I find that like, and this film becomes incredibly relevant because obviously. Um, Detroit went bankrupt. Yeah, um, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this film was sort of seeing the future. Um, what year is it set in though? Twenty twenty nine. Oh right. Okay. Mm. So we were ahead of the game. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so we were about like 10, 15 years ahead of the game with Detroit going bankrupt. Um, twenty twenty nine. But OCP, I say, so you get the characters, and I, I love the opening of this film. Yeah. Um, for sort of. Um, We'll take out the satire, the, the news bits and the adverts first. Uh, we'll cover those later. But I like this film that it's not, although this film is about Robocop, yeah. it's not really about Murphy and Robocop. No, it's I, not. I, watching it this time, I was surprised at how little you get to know about Murphy. I completely Murphy. agree. I, I think it's surprising, really. Because the film's called Robocop, you therefore assume that Robocop is going to be the main bulk of the film. And it is, but there's a mm. lot of film where Robocop's not in it. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge story underneath this film actually, pretty deep in different places, quite dark yeah, in yeah, others, yeah. and I think you kind of get misled thinking it's all about the Robocop, and it's not. No, it's not. There's a lot going on. I, I in my head, I always remember this film as being that sci-fi, mm. like that darker sci-fi action film. Yeah, but watching it this time, I'm like, oh no, no, this is actually like almost like a a corporate corruption movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, with sci-fi tacked onto it. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely agree. Which is fine, and that's, but that's the satire. Like this film is designed to be a satire, yeah. And it does take a little while for that for that, all that to build up, yeah. Because um, like you say it's a film called Robocop. Robocop doesn't—he's in it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a lot. No. I'd be interested to find what the percentage is, like airtime. Mm, yeah. Well, again, I think when you see it from a film production point of view, having to get into that suit, yeah, probably was. Yeah, you're not here today, mate. Don't bother. Yeah, yeah. They're probably trying to reduce it on that point. Um, but you do. You learn more about OCP and the characters in OCP than I think you do about Murphy. Yeah. Like, I know more about like the character of um, Dick Jones, yeah. Bob Morton, Clarence Bodiker, and how they all sort of interact. Yeah, yeah. Especially if, through the series. Yeah. As well. yeah. Um, than you ever do about Murphy. I mean, you you, ne- you never learn. You are told, and it's sort of indeed suggested, but you never learn about the. Um, how he is as a father or yeah. a husband like Murphy yeah. or even as a particularly good cop well, you're right because actually on his first case in, De- in in Detroit in downtown Detroit he gets killed Yeah. so he's not even that good and why did he get transferred in the first uh, place do we know that yeah you do so I did, again this is the first time I've ever ever picked up on this so right. watching this film so in the film you have um, the Ed 209 yes set up and the first thing, the first thing that's clarified by yeah. this point is why would you lo- use live ammunition in a presentation? <laughs> I don't think we need to get into this. No. I think it seems, you know, it's fine. It's it fine. It's is a shit happens here yeah. the day. But I love the that moment. Some of the meetings would be. I love that moment when they're doing the guys. You know, they're trying to show off head to head and it just blows the hell out of it because it properly blows the hell out of it. Because I think it really sets a standard. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, this film's going to be messed up. Yeah, like yeah. when he's lying on the. 
don't tell me the symbolism of the body lying on the model of Delta City bleeding out is in, in, in intentional. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. that white crisp model they've got and then it's splattered with the blood of its, its employees. Um, so the satire and the level of gob is, is pretty explicit. Yeah. But when Bob Morton um, sort of jumps in and says, oh, you know, because he says, uh, the old man says to Dick Jones, like, Ed 209, this is a real cock up. We need something else. He said, well, we've got the Robocop program. When they're leaving the uh, the office, he says oh, we can have a prototype in ninety days. Yeah, um, they've already got the robotics already yeah, set yeah, up, really so they're just looking for the, the organic components. And he actually says we have got uh, I'd, uh, I'd identified candidates moved into dangerous areas of the city. Ah, oh, so they're already picked out. So Murphy had oh, already right, been okay. picked out as a candidate and was moved to downtown right. Detroit to basically have what happens happen. Because well, he says it, doesn't he? Like, when yeah. he moves in, they say to him, like, you've come from a... He's come, yeah, come from a cushy... Metro North. He's come from, like, a cushy number down to, like, you know, this this uh, really shitty part of Detroit. Yeah. And they say to him, why is the choice? And he says, oh, who knows why OCP do these things. So he's been set up from the off-go. Off, from the off <sighs> Do you reckon that was a call and one that was no backup as well? But that's his still... We're getting too far into no, the No, no, but I but think, yeah. you know, it could be. Yeah. But is it still their decision, though? It was an OCP decision, and I think it was bound. This was almost like it was bound to happen, mm. but for the sake of plot, yeah, you, you know the, the, the sort of swiftness of the film, like you need it to happen straight away. I think, unfortunately, it means that you never get to see Murphy as a good cop. Yeah, you know, which I think in in this day and age, it's sort of the story. Like whenever you, if you do a superhero origin film, or you mm-hmm. do some sort of origin film. Like, You've got to have that moment that shows how badass and how good they are. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that when the thing happens, you know, you go, oh, okay, that you've actually seen how good they are. So there's a yeah, reason yeah, these yeah. people were chosen. Um, I you get you. You don't really get that. He's good with a gun, though. He can do the he old his western. His yeah, twelve. Yeah, 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 he's, yeah he's, he's got his TJ Hooker or what's it called? TJ Laser. Which is sunlight. So yeah. Like um, and I think the same goes for for Anne Lois. So I think they. You know, I think Nancy Allen's not a great actress, but I think she's pretty good in this. I think she's she's fine in the first one. Yeah. But they set her up as this badass from the mouth go, right? Mm. From, from the, her introduction, is her beating up a criminal as they beat bringing him in. He's trying okay. to escape, and they but she beats him up. Yeah. And she's like the the um, Dessar just like Lois calls her over, and she's like blowing bubble gum, and she's all cool, and she's like cocky and all sort of stuff. And she gets to know Murphy for what a couple of hours. Yeah. Before he's killed, yeah, and then later she's on, she's so attached to it. And then all of a sudden, she sees the gun twirl later on. She's like, "Murphy, we're gonna jump the head again." Murphy, it's you. And like, again, watching this time with a critical eye, I was like, "Maybe she's just really good at recognizing people." Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm still like, "Why? Why would you care?" Yeah, like it's clear that you've lost other partners. It does feel rushed, doesn't it? It feels a bit rushed. Too much attachment for so. But we're not. We're yeah. Not so I think at this point, the character, you know, people when I. I put this out to Twitter yeah. recently and said, yeah, yeah. what are everyone's thoughts on Robocop? And everyone come up with like, the Robocop one is a stand, Stone Cold classic. Like, yep. It's one of the best films, it's one of the most... Da-da-da. And I'm not disagreeing, but I honestly now think, looking back at it, the characterisation in this film is actually a little bit sh- shoddy. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, you just go along with it, because yeah. there's so many other really good parts. Yeah, the settings. Yeah, 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 but actually, you don't really learn a great deal about any of the characters. In the police station, like Lois, no. you just take that Lois is a hard. They, they, they use yeah, shorthand for. Yeah, they're riding a lot of, uh, you know. Yeah. Riding on the back of other films to kind of get those stereotypes in there. Yeah. Those tropes. Yeah. yeah. So, 
but they did say so you get Murphy goes they they, tra- they track down Clarence Bodica's yep. group you yep. get the van chase and uh, what are your thoughts I mean that's it I'm, not, I'm talking about what are your thoughts on all that sort of like the, the, the opening of the film and how it all works yeah I enjoyed it I, I like the you get introduction to the ultraviolence pretty quickly mm-hmm. gives a scene setting did this kind of start to define the cyberpunk feel? no cyberpunk's been around for a while it was sort of it's been around bits and pieces for years yeah um this is probably in the eighties. You know, I mean, you'd only have like Blade Runner yeah, and yeah. all sort of stuff. Um, okay, so kind of riding on that. Yeah. I think. So oh, I, this is riding. This is riding off the back of Blade Runner and Terminator. Yeah. Even. So, so I I really like the gore, the ultra violence mm-hmm. parts. I quite enjoyed that. Um, and then it, I think the down because it's, it's toned with like you know this, these comical interjectures and stuff with the commercials coming in. It's kind yeah. of suspicion. It's really it works well. It tones it down nicely. I think I think the 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 environment's formed well it does it kind yeah. of feels like a comic book to me though as, as you're watching it in a way um, it, it definitely has that feel doesn't it um so yeah so i, I like the introduction as yeah i'm with you on the characters are too short i like the introduction of the omnicorp i think that's a good organization mm-hmm. you, you get, probably get more info about what they're like an organization when you do robocop yeah, yeah. really and especially as that goes through the rest of the franchise of the films and the persistence of the company. So I, I like the introduction, um, and then the, the cop chase is all right. There's a strange decision to just die to crack on, although it's a bit weird there. There's, there's lots of things which, in this film, don't make sense, but you kind of ride along with them. Yeah, um, there's a couple of interesting, if, iffy decisions, yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, but again, like I say, you don't... I think character, the film is short on characterisation and uses shorthand, and so you get... You get just characteristics rather than characters. Yeah, I think Clarence Bodica's um, criminal group is, is, is suffers from this as well. They're quite comical. Yeah, but they've all got like um, they're not Clarence Bodica, um, yeah. Kurt Wood Smith is probably uh, I've put him in the main thingy because he's one of the main characters. He is, yeah. And you get to get you get a bit of a beat on him, I think. Like he admits, like he's not a very nice guy. He, he you know, he's enjoying. He, he quite enjoys being a bit of a dick, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think he's actually one of the more fleshed out characters. But the rest of his gang, not the script. Uh, yeah, I, I look back on it and I'm a bit like, okay, they are good. I love all the actors. They're a great group, and they've got some good, great parts. But would you expect anything more? I would for, for, for the role they play in the film, do you really expect them to come to town and really f- take time to flesh out those characters when they no. haven't done that with Robocop and No, Lewis? and that's it, yeah, yeah. And I think I think no I don't. Um and that they are suitable, they're good enough for what you need. Yeah. Because I think you get no you get enough with Clarence. And I think you when you've got someone like Kurtwood Smith who I think is a really underrated character actor. Yeah. You know, like he, I don't know if you ever watched that 70s show. Yeah, I watched Yeah, yeah, I've got more DVD. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think, so I think he's really. Katie loves it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I think, when, you know, he's a good actor and he, he gives the character enough quirks for you yeah. to go, yeah, he's an inter- he's a really like, you know, there's clearly more to this, there's yeah. stuff going in the background. I find he's a good character. The rest, I just think. Take a leave it. Take my leave it. They're, yeah. they're fun. But, but, but they're, they're not. This is it, right? Because they are fun characters. It's. They're not that dark, although they absolutely blow the shit mm. out of Murphy. Yeah. And it, you know, blows hands off and things like that, his arms and stuff like that. You know, it's really very, very violent. And it's, yeah. it's, but it's almost like they're all comical and doing it. But it's not like, 
you know, in lots of modern day thrillers and films, it's quite evil and sinister when that happens, and it's really like this kind of gore piece. It's, mm. it's not like that. It is it's very eighties. If I can describe the eighties gore, it's like that over the top. Oh, it's visceral, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's not. It was not dark though. Mm, no, it's got dark undertones, but it's not overtly like. Well, yeah, it is dark, and I think, like you say, I think the comedy takes the edge off. Yeah. So it's it, it's almost like um, you know with humour where they'll say right sometimes you can do a joke and you can have something last long enough it's, it, that it, it goes from being funny to not being funny to being funny again. Yeah, yeah, cycles around. Yeah. yeah, that I think it's almost with the violence in this is the same. So if you use like the Ed 209 um, mishap in the presentation, yeah. that does exactly that. That it goes from being funny to being, all right, you know, that, that's boring, to being funny again. Like yeah. You go through yeah, that yeah, moment yeah. and you go... Um, well, it's how the others in the room react to it as well. So in that, the rest of the staff like shocked and then they're kind of you know nonchalant about it mm. all in you know space of 30 seconds and again it's the same here like again you say yeah because I think there are hints at more the, from OCP and there's two reactions that I really like in that scene it's someone calls for a paramedic when you're a bit like I don't think you're going to need a paramedic at yeah, this yeah, point yeah, yeah. Um, but also you get the feeling that like this isn't the first time Something like that's that something like this has happened yeah. in this company. Like they, they've always been risky, and there's always been so. Yeah. Um, they take health and safety seriously. Yeah, exactly. No one's having a safety talk yeah. or a safety moment at the start of each of these meetings. And what they should remember is they're all responsible for health and safety. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just one person's no, job. No, no, no. Exactly. Yeah, you take it seriously. And did we get guys, lab um, scientists in white coats? Didn't we? Did they come out? You do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. Yeah. You know they're a I scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Throw back to eighties, Rocky. <laughs> exactly yeah shorthand this film is very very good and I think this is a great the 80s were very good at it shorthand is how do, you know, how, yeah, how do you know someone's a scientist clipboard. glasses glasses white coat clipboards massive that's calculator it. that's it yeah These, he must be intelligent yeah. um, uh. and it's the same for uh, like you say it's the same for um, like corporate baddie how do you know he's a corporate baddie nice suit yeah. good hair you know slick back yeah um and, but I do think like this this comes out of time. You've got to look at it in the context of the era, um, and it was greed is good, yuppies. Yeah. You know, you had like um, was Wall Street. Wall Street, same year. Yeah. Nine eighty seven. Yeah, exactly. So th- that was, is is hugely prevalent. Yeah. Um, and also, like you say, that the, they were going through a time where um, there is um, there was moments in the eighties when the police weren't. And, you know, it builds up to things in the in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. But there were moments in the in the eighties when the police weren't. No, you're right. Especially in America. Yeah. yeah. Weren't, weren't the good guys. Issues. They weren't yeah. the good guys. No. They weren't seen by the general public as the go-to people for these bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, I don't think the good guys now either. No. Well, yeah. Especially in America. Um, yeah. Just just you're just checking back on the live footage of Robocop. There's definitely a lot of lab coats in there. Yeah. yeah um, oh yeah. And clipboards, pens, that's it. glasses. glasses. Oh, yeah. They're all wearing glasses. Look, if you look... All, uh, pretty much, uh, yeah, oh, so, except for that guy. Yeah. He's just there for smiling. So, um, this sort of like corporate culture is very 80s. Yeah. It, it's oh, yeah, very yeah. cutthroat, and yep. it's all about like climbing the ladder. Yeah, it's exactly right. Um, and so, 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 but the, the creation of Robocop um, off the back of that is, is cutthroat. Like, they've set these people up to die. Yeah. Um, and I think that... And, and so when you get the introduction of Robocop... Um, I always wouldn't like again watch it, but I've always thought about it in the past like who else had to die for this? Mm. Like there's other, there's other stories going yeah, on yeah, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know they've gone oh that's a, that kind of died for this or that or whatever. 
because yeah, um, people just have no reaction to it. You know, it's just ongoing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you know, I, I always get the feeling as well because this is a crime. This is for Dell City. This is probably one of the bigger contracts for OCP. Or whatever. Yeah. But I, I do wonder, like, what else has got OC? What else is OCP got its fingers in? What well, else? But they, they kind of do that video, don't they, where they say all the other industries they've been successful in. Yeah. But I don't know, like, how actually how big they are as an organisation like they're, how global I are they they're portrayed as being like a big player yeah. they're supposed to be like one of the biggest like you say an, a multinational and this is probably before we you know this is way before we saw as we see multinationals today yeah, yeah just, just watching the, the uh, OCP scene um, so you yeah so you, this, this level of violence and this level is progressive because that is duplicated really in the um the killing of Murphy. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah. Um, I, I just just watching back on that Scott, that yeah, scene. Uh, I've forgotten actually how violent it was. It's yeah, yeah. it is pretty. It's there's a lot of blood packs there. Oh yeah, yeah. Squibs. This yeah, they must this, have solved. They must have bought all the squibs in the world. For that this was film. pretty um, bad. Because it does. It sets that level of violence. So when Murphy is killed, I find that I find the killing of Murphy to be even more difficult to watch. Because when that guy's killed, yeah, like he's killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. So right? he's shot. He gets shot in the blast, head. Yeah, he gets yeah. blasted to pieces. When Murphy is killed, like mm. he is tortured. It's torn apart. Yeah, and he's still By alive. Shotguns. Yeah, and he's torn alive. He's like, he's, he's, that's he's, it. He has his arm blown off. He's just doesn't. And he gets back up, and it is painful to watch. Like it is, it's visceral. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Um, and I honestly think that that is down to Peter Weller. Like my feelings towards that, the the guts, the blood, is one thing. Right? Yeah. Seeing him when he gets his hand blown up, but you know, you and I are rebels. We know it's special effects. We know mm. it's makeup. We know it's sort of. Work. I mean, this is pre-digital special effects. Yeah, this is pre-computer yeah. CGI. So it's all there. It's all practical. But only, but just. Well, yeah, you probably yeah. I mean, a few years later, you get some. Well, Robocop two. We're going to talk about some bad yeah, CGI. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's all how Peter Weller sells it. Like, and, and to me, like you say, if he, if this had been a different actor. That scene of him, it could have been comical. Who, what, what were the other actors up for? Was it always going to be? They approached loads of people for this. Right. Um, so the thing is, before Robocop became a thing, the script was apparently going around, like doing the round, doing the studio rounds for quite some time. Oh, really? And I think, again, it comes off the back of, like, say, Blade Runner and, and The Terminator and all this Where other was stuff. Running Man out? Was that? Running Man's 85. Okay, so just before. Yeah, so. Um, Can you imagine Arnie? Well, Arnie was, was approached. Was it? They were all approached. So the thing that they turned that they surprised me that he would turn it down. Seems like it's right up his street. Well, this is the thing. Well, I think the problem was when they started to look at the concept of the script. Yeah. And they had to do the project. They, they said they they stopped looking at people like Arnie and Stallone because they're too big. Ah. So when they were like, so and you also know, they're not like a regular cop and either are they? They're uh, no, they're, they're already they, tanked. Again, I think this is the part of this. Yeah. But I think uh, when so all the all the usual directors and that were approached for this as well. So if you look at like the eighties. Um, you know your usual approach to Spielberg mm. and um, I can't remember what you think now but all those the, the ones you'd expect from the 80s yeah so you get that and then what happened was Paul Verhoeven read it and actually he didn't want to do it either right. like he read the first bit and all he read was the, the OCP part of it at the beginning right, okay. and was like oh this is just this sounds Bonds, crap yeah. yeah and it was his wife actually that read the whole whole thing and said to him no 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 like, read it read all, read all of it there's something here so he read the script, and actually, that's when he was like, ah, "Actually, this is this is how this should be done." Yeah, just watching them with the killing of Murphy, and I think from Paul, Paul Verhoeven's approach, he's the one that said this needs to be done as a satire and have that ultra violence part of it. Right. And he was also the one that he fed back. I think this was actually at this point was a um, 
um, an argument with the studio that finally took it on yeah. was they all wanted to start. They wanted a you know Stallone in Robocop yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. and they were looking at all these stars and it was um, again it was Paul Verhoeven that was like no 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 you need an everyman you need someone that doesn't look badass before yeah, yeah. he becomes Robocop um, and I think so that's what you that's why they sort of chose so you know uh, Peter Weller and Peter Weller's not he's not a star I mean this guy's you know he's done bits and pieces was, was anyone well known going into this film um People you'd probably seen at this point would be Ronnie Cox, who plays Dick Jones, right. uh, Miguel Ferrer, quite well known. Um, Nancy Allen done a couple of bits and pieces. Right. So, so if anything, Peter Weller was probably one of the least well known. Um, I mean, before this, I think he'd done Buckaroo Bonsai uh, and some other bits and pieces. Buckaroo Bonsai? I love Buckaroo Bonsai. I, I highly recommend Buckaroo Bonsai. It's a crazy film. Right. Um, but, and Peter Weller is an actor's actor. Like The guy took it serious. Um, and so what they did was when they created the suit they showed him what the suit was going to be right and he actually hired a mime artist to, to help him get the movements right I, I, just, just on how Robocop moves right yeah. designing the robot right so you can pretty much design why does he move so slowly okay so th- this, is what, this is it's, no, it's a good point so Rob Bottin who is the special effects artist that created the suit yeah uh, previously done like The Thing he ended up you had to do yeah. Total Recall with okay. he did Legend which is right. uh, Tim Curry as the, the devil which yeah, is yeah, amazing yeah. so the guy's got real props so when he designed the suit um, Peter Weller and that saw it and he, took, he got this mime artist and they went away and they used like American football pads or hockey pads and all this other stuff right. to try and mimic it so they could practice the movements yeah. and they were trying for something a bit quicker and a bit more fluid yeah. that okay. was what they were looking for right but then when they got him in the suit... As you'd expect if you're trying to improve upon a human. Exactly, you, that was the point. So if, if, you look at, if you look at the Robocop reboot, yeah. the t- yeah, 2014, yeah. That's, they mimic that style that I think they okay. were actually looking for originally. Right. To have it more fluid and, and a bit more you know, um, realistic. When they tried on the suit, though, Couldn't because forget this, is like the mid-80s. All How that heavy was it? Uh, it, well, it apparently weighed a ton. Right. Um, and um, took about eight hours to get him in it fully. So when they... Um, yeah, when he got into it and he tried to do all these movements, it just looked ridiculous. Right. Because it, it didn't it's move. Funky. It didn't work with the suit. He couldn't right. do it because he couldn't move because of the way the suit moved. And so apparently that, um, Peter Weller had a bit like, had a literal meltdown on set and was like, this is crap. I hate it. Yeah. It's not working. Da, da, da. And um, uh, he had a massive like blowout with Paul Verhoeven. And they said, right, you've got two days. Go well, away yeah. for two days. Yeah. We're going to shut down production. Two days. And you've got to figure out how to make this suit work. And uh, they did. They went away and said, "Okay, actually, this isn't." They they figured it out in the sense of uh, a bit like with the Terminator. Okay. Because right? when they, originally the Terminator was going to be uh, either Lance Henriksen, right, or uh, O.J. Simpson. Okay. The American footballer. Yeah. And the idea was it was a smaller, right. sort of like stealthy kind of thing, and it was going to be quicker. And when Arnie got it, they were like, "Oh no, no this isn't a stealth machine. This is a tank. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, a, it's an unstoppable machine." And I think they came to a similar conclusion with Robocop. Okay. In that he doesn't need to move quick and fluid because he's a tank. Yeah, he's, he's suck not. It up. Yeah, he can take the uh, he can take the punishment because that's what he's there for. So the reason he is better than human is not because he's faster, it's because he's more accurate and he can take the punishment. Yeah. So that's why they came up with those movements of actually it's, everything's got to be really exaggerated. Um, so for me, I think well again, I'm really impressed with Weller's consistency. That when he's in the suit and when he is portraying Robocop. 
like all the movements are yeah they're pretty consistent consistent yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I forget uh, I, I, I'm absorbed in this film enough to forget that's actually a dude in a suit yeah it is a man in a suit because actually because actually how much of the human supposed to be in there it's got his face it's got a hand is that no, it no there's no hand because they take away the hand don't they because I, I love that line as well they save the arm it's like get rid of the arm um, oh, I thought they kept his hand for some reason in the new in the 2014 oh right in, in, in Robocop 2 there's a line where they talk about shutting him down yeah. And take when he gets battered in two, and they actually say there's not even enough there to be a corpse. Right. So I think there's like a brain, there's a heart, and some other bits and pieces. Yeah, some spinal column and uh, his face. Because for years, and again, this is watching it this time, I always assumed there was like a head, and it built around the head. Okay. Like that's yeah, why yeah, I always yeah. that's why I always assumed. So I did some research on this because there's a line in this about because uh, when you see it, like the skin is like pulled up, pulled across. across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, that's weird, actually. So what happened? So in, in like, uh, you did go into incident, there's all these sort of theories, all sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. there's someone in the special features says, no, the, the concept always was that basically they took the front of the skull right. and, and took the cartilage and rebuilt the face and then put it on. So it's basically that front is literally bone with the skin pulled over and metal casing. It's all around the back. Yeah. And stuff. So what you see at the back is literally encasing the brain and stuff. And then the, there's bone and stuff on the front. Gotcha. Which is crazy. Do you, do you see that when he's got the helmet off somewhere in the film? Or is you, that in the second film? At the very end, you see, of, of one, you do see him without the helmet, but you don't see the, right. the bone of that. You literally just see the skin. Yeah. The other great oh, thing, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. is when you finally see his face, in fact, the fact there, yeah. I love the top oh, of the, the bullet skull. hole. Yeah, he's yeah, still, yeah. He still yeah. has the bullet hole when they've mended the bullet hole from where he was shot. Yeah. So again, the consistency of that, is awesome. I think. I think you know Rob Bottin uh, as the maker. That's of the special actually. Effects. That's really. That's really good actually. This is oh, I think. H2. I think the special yeah. effects in this. The because pra- again, considering that all this is practical, is is fantastic. And I think people sometimes forget in this day and age. Yeah. You know, you, you go back and watch this film, and people can be. You know, they're always clunky. Like, yeah, yeah. Because of this reason, like that's a, that is Peter that's Weller. Fair cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is Peter Weller in a suit. That is not. CGI. That's not him in a green suit running around and then they've CGI'd it on. That is Peter Weller in a suit. Um, and I just think that's really impressive. And I think that's why this film stands out to me. It's like, so I, we talked about the characterizations before. Yes. Being a little shoddy at times. But I think it's massively made up for. When, the moment he becomes Robocop um, and the moment you start to get the sort of the descent and him getting his humanity back, all that stuff is just awesome do you think it's, it must weigh quite a bit the suit yeah oh, that suit must have weighed no no I mean like Robocop as the actual person like because wouldn't they have to like reinforce a car <laughs> it's, it's funny it. there's a couple of scenes in this film where I do and the second one yeah. where I do question that yeah because in the second one um, there's about five or six people pick him up and five carry or six people it looks like about five maybe a bit few Come more on, but they pick him up and they carry him back into the police station and I'm thinking this guy's full metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he must weigh a ton. That's yeah, not possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this cannot be possible. Exactly. When he gets in like a normal cop car, you're like, no, come on. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a few times up where he's in. Um, it's a bit like you know when um, he stood in the he stood in a lift. He stood in a lift, and you sort of think, oh, there's, he's in a lift just up the side of the building. Yeah. And he's, in my head, I'm thinking, how much how weight much, limit has been the, exceded? Exactly. I'm thinking, <laughs> how much is that weight lift? Like that limit on that building. You ever been um, in a lift, Scott, where that's gone off and you're like, everyone looks around at each other saying, well, you got in last night. So. Well, they usually look at me because I'm the big <laughs> one. Oh, it's you, is it? Oh, no, we'll get off. Um, 
So yeah, so I think I think you know in those th- situations you do think, oh okay, I'll let it slide. That's the sort of the, yeah, yeah. The, sort of the gimme that you give those films. Um, it isn't until now I really considered it, but you give yeah. it this. You have to just yeah. accept this. Sort of yeah. There's practicalities in the film. That you <laughs> to can be fair, do. if you're watching the film and that's like taking over your mind, but it's not doing a very good job of like hooking you in, is it? No, like, but if you get to that, but they're not things. They're not things I think about when I'm watching the. No, film. it's post. It's post. post. It's usually yeah. when I look back and I go. When you're ruining a film, yeah. <laughs> going into yeah. far too much detail, yeah. But again, I don't think about it in the film yeah, at yeah, all. Because yeah. um, I do, I think I'm very, very invested in the film. And then, but let's talk about this sort of, you know, the other bits in the film that are great. So there's yeah. the satire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also love the. I don't think you really appreciate that as a child either. No, because like watching this back now, head. yeah, you're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's loads of bits in this that I think are fantastic. Isn't it? Like, so the yeah. satire, the jokes. Like the news footage, the adverts, yeah. really cut to the bone of yeah, what this yeah. film's about. Um, and what America's like at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just pause that sec there. So, yeah, I mean, we've bagged on this film quite a bit now. So we've sort of we've talked about different bits and pieces, and you're right. And I think well, I think this film is great. Um, but what do you think of RoboCop? Like the, the end, so the, the last two thirds of the film then with with him as RoboCop. Do you, are you pulled into it? You know, we've talked about things of. We look yeah. back on, but are you pulled into this film? Yeah, I think yeah, because there's, I, I like just like this. There's there's story here, Scott. So mm. we've got he's got was it four rules built into his him? directives. Yeah, yeah. There's one the one he doesn't know about, mm. which it turns out he can't hurt an officer of OCP. Yeah, which is quite interesting about the play which is going on and what yeah. they're really trying to do, which is run down the police and all this. So it's it, it's good. I enjoyed it. I think the setup is is fairly quick. Really, mm. we get into it quite quickly. And there's a lot of action scenes in the films. Um, the final boss battles, okay, with the gang at Clans at the end is all right. Mm. Um, no, I enjoyed it. I think it's one of these films for me. When I, when I look back on it, is after watching. I'll be honest. Once, once I first after I watched it uh, as part of this, uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, I watched the rest of the films, and actually, the original film went much higher back in my estimation. I don't know why that was though. But I think I was expecting a bit more from it the first time round. But when I kind of appreciated it in line with the other films, I like, actually know it, it is a classic. Mm. There's a lot going on. How about yourself? Where does it? Yeah, no, I think I agree. Actually, I mean, it's one of those that when I watch it, like it's not perfect by any stretch. Like there are faults in this film. And it's difficult looking back on it now, as a, like a mid, you know, mid eighties, you're thinking. Oh, but Robocop, you should be able to do this, X, Y, and Z. Why do you have yeah. to look at a TV screen to get information? Couldn't they just plug that in? They had you know, it's, I think, basic internet back then. And I, do, I things... agree. I think that's one of the things is, if you watch this, if you're a younger person that watches this, yeah. there are elements of the technology that you do. You sort of go, well, why wouldn't you just do this? Why wouldn't you do that? Because this is yeah. set in 2029. Yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And like, the transfer of information, shouldn't you shouldn't have to have no. to no. plug into anything. Um but obviously he does. Um, but aside from that, I think this film is genius. I really do. I think there's parts of this film I really do think you watch it and go, "This film is amazing." Like it could, if if directed by a, a lesser director, yeah. a lesser auteur, this film would have been pants. Yeah, yeah. I think this film would have been um, a bit silly and would not be wouldn't be anywhere near have the status it is I mean you've just got it in the background here yeah, the scene of uh, scene. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. He, when, he, when he first um, confronts Dick Jones Robocop first confronts Dick Jones and uh, this whole scene now it's where he <laughs> takes on Ed 209 uh, which th- 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 this is th- there, was, there were several moments in this scene 
that highlight why I think this film is so good. I'm actually watching watching it back now. I'm actually, yeah. you know... You can get pulled into yeah, it. Yeah, you can. Quite right, so this example, Ed 209 is a terrible design. We get that, right? Because <laughs> it just got you being... We're just referencing come to the stairs. Yeah, so he comes to the stairs, and when it falls down the stairs, it's this bit, right? This is why I think this is so well done. And they pulled in such a great team. Yeah. The special effects. This isn't just a machine going, I can't get the set. Mm. It's like you've got the toes flexing yeah, it's trying to, find, to it. find it. And when it goes, and it falls, boom, 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 boom. Right, you watch this bit like it, it goes mental. Like Ed to a nine is it's like a it's almost like a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's obviously portrayed that way. But you didn't have to do all that. No, it they could have just had, yeah. yeah, you could have had it do, you know, ch- easier things. But they chose to do mm. certain things which were difficult. Um, which is why I think everything has a personality. Like Ed to a nine's got a personality. But this thing again, where, where the police are forced to shoot down Robocop because they feel he's a threat. I get this is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like you know, you finally you are you are behind Robocop. Yeah. yeah I, I may not, I may not know him as Murphy. What he stands for. But what? But I get him as Robocop. Yeah. Um. And so this moment when they're all trying to shoot him, he's trying to escape, and he's got his hand up and stuff. Is. It, I don't know if it's just way. Like this scene where he's getting shot down, and he's, he's trying to escape. Right. It 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 echoes for me a loneliness that runs through this film. Right. Okay. Yeah. So to put that in context, so when you hear when you, when you see the police, the police are they are hated, especially in this this precinct. They're hated. They've got you know it's really tough job, um, and so sort of there's a, there's almost like a, there's a you are trapped in that role of being the police. They're talking about going on strike. It's clearly yeah, a tough yeah, job, yeah. and then you take a policeman out of that, who they have respected. And you've shown that in the beginning of the film, or at least been told, he's a respected officer. Mm-hmm. He's, he built a relationship with Lois. And then he, you take that humanity away from him, put him in this shell, and he becomes other. And it becomes this other. This otherness is is become is a trust. Yeah. Like yeah. the police don't really trust him. Right. OCP don't fully trust him because he's really just a prototype. Yeah. So Robocop's got no one. Like, and he's a machine. Let's be honest, he's a machine. But as he gets his humanity, like there's no one he can turn to. Yeah, but do you ever see him as a really machine throughout the film? I no, don't. no, no. You he's, see him he's, as he's, he's got. Yeah, you see the humanity there, yeah, especially as he regains it. This is where I think this is the scene where I really feel you. You know, you feel that humanity. There's been a couple of scenes. The, the, the three bits where you sort of, I think he really pulls out the humanity. Is this bit where he gets shot at by the police? Yeah, because he it does. It's really gut wrenching. Yeah, yeah. Um, the lighting's quite cool and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. shots. The it? cinematography is really yeah. good. Um, but the other one is when he goes to his old home mm. and he walks through the home yeah, and you've yeah. got the estate the estate agent machine there yeah. and he has his flashes of memories and he gets angry and he punches out the thing and you're like that bit then again is gut wrenching because it's that loss it's that otherness like he he is he is Murphy or he's yeah, part yeah. of it but none of that is accessible again like none of it like he can't go home he can't rock up and be like I'm home honey um, it doesn't work. Um, and I think the final one is when you see his mask removed. Mm. When he pulls that off, and you are, you're like, and we, as we've said, like yeah. it's pulled over a, yeah, a metal skeleton, stretched over. And, and you, mm. that to me then is like is is gut wrenching because you're like, yeah, yeah, there's no way back for you in this. You're trapped in this shell, um, and so I do find that that Robocop is a really like uh, tragic figure. Yeah, um, you know that he's he's. Um, They've tried to overlay this almost like noir plot of someone trying to solve their own murder. Yeah. But but once that murder, that's actually, solved, you're actually right there. Yeah. But there's no, you know, in a lot of there's other films, um, 
they 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 can solve that problem and they they get peace. Mm. You know, uh, and they can move on. But for 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 Murphy, there is no peace. Like he can solve his own murder. Yeah. But what he finds that what he finds out is the people that killed him. Yeah, but you ever? Yeah, but the people. But he is still reliant on his murderers to continue. What would? Oh, on the, yeah, uh, okay. OCP. If you say no, OCP actually was true. He, he finally, yeah. you know, he takes out Dick Jones at the end of the film because yeah. he's the one obviously that, re- that you find out spoilers of this whole thing. But a bit late now. But uh, you find out. You could go you, back. Yeah, and, uh, you uh, find uh, out that obviously he is. I mean, Clarence, you had, had a lot of years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Is it, you find that he's Clarence Bodica's boss. Yeah. Um, technically, um, so he, he takes out the baddies. Mm. But it's not like you can go and now back to my normal life. It doesn't. None of this film resets. It, yeah. It, it, it moves up to another baseline. Um, and I so find like you're still fucked at the end of it. Yeah. You bout that was shit. There's hands. another. There was another film. I wouldn't, um, wouldn't want to be Robocop, would you? No, and that's the other thing. I, you know, when you watch these other hero, like so, if you take Batman or yeah, Superman yeah, yeah. or Iron Man or Green Lantern, any of these other superhero things, right? Where they go through some sort of tragic um, event. Yeah. And then they become this other. Right, they become the superhero. They're still them. dealing with those, that darkness in the way. <laughs> they do, they? but they're all still aspirational. Even some yeah. of the worst ones, even some of the ones that lose the most. So if you th- take Daredevil, for example, yeah. right? so Daredevil has a tragic accident as a child, loses his sight, but yeah. he gains the ability, these other senses. So yeah. technically, although he's physically blind, he's still, he can still yes. perceive the world. Yeah. And he's still got these other abilities. So he's still aspirational. Like you can still go, yeah, I'll definitely be dead, but he's badass. Mm. You can say that I'll give up my sight because you have these other bits. Yeah. You know, and all these other stuff. Robocop, there's nothing. Like, you can't say, I love, I, was, I wish I was Robocop. No, but it's a, if you like a, you know, as a child, you might, yeah, you can be potential Robocop and good with a gun and take a beating, but yeah, it probably stops there. It's not, it's, there's not a lot of depth. No. Uh, yeah, but again, like, he's not, I don't feel he's an aspirational heroic character. Like, you wouldn't want to be Robocop. No. Not when you really think about it. No, as an adult, I go back and I go. Yeah, if, you, if you're like a like, if he's more like an Iron Man, he's like you're right. So he's a human. You're still yourself, but you've got the extra powers when you need them, and you can revert back. Yeah, that guy's just fucked like a vegetable. Is. Well, this is twenty four seven. That's the other thing as well. When you look mm. at those heroes, you look at the heroes. They've they, the the ideal heroic position is that it's not twenty four seven. You can walk away, and you have the breather. Mm. You know, you may have the doom and gloom, or the the. Um, I suppose the uh, what do they call it, um, the the moodiness, the emo sort of thing, where they brood over things. Yeah, yeah. They, they can step out of that character, and they can be things. Robocop's Robocop. You know, he is a machine that that is that is dependent on his creators. He's a Frankenstein's monster that has That's no good. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. has no escape. Like he, you know, he can't walk away from this because if he does walk away from this, like he still needs to be maintained. You know, he's a machine. There are, you know, he, it's not like. Um, I, I think, you know, um, if you think of um, Johnny Five, so Short Circuit, right? Yeah, the 80s classic. Yeah, and yeah, he had to read books again to get information, but yeah, very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> but the other thing in that is, um, you know, they give, a, that's an actual machine that gains a, you know, an intelligence. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but again, like, he can never go off and do his own thing. Is he, Johnny Five more of a human than Robocop? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Like, you know, what does, does, have, does he have more of a human personality? Humanity. I don't know. Again, you, it's a good question because that's more about free will. That film is about Johnny Five is about free will. It's a yeah. machine learning to break its programming, um, and he never. He although he does, and he's the other way around. Yeah, the, the difference is he tries to break his programming to an extent. He's still got his directives. Yeah, but Robocop always serves a purpose. Right, Robocop to me, I would equate more 
to so Johnny Five goes off and has a life. Like he does different things. He's still a machine, right? But he has a life. He gets plated in gold in one part. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The end of two. Yeah. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about those one day. But Robocop. <laughs> it sounds daft. I would equate Robocop more to Crichton from Red Dwarf. Would you? Yeah, in this weird sense, from from a programming point of view. So eventually, when Crichton breaks his programming, but he's still a cleaning droid. He's still a, he's still a service droid. Right. And he can never escape that. That's where he gets. He has a purpose. That's his thing. So although he has a personality and he breaks his programming, he gets a bit, you know, mental. Yeah. He's still got a purpose. It's the same with Robocop. He is ro- he's a robot cop. That's his purpose. If you were to take that away from him, like he, ha- he has yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. He has nothing. You just reprogram him. Well, you have to to be what, like you know, work at Starbucks, maybe something like that. Yeah, Omnibus. Um, yeah, Omni, Omni, Omni coffee. Uh, um, Actually, you just watched him, just seeing himself now. Is that for the first time? Yeah, it's really first? the first time he, he sort of acknowledges his face. Um, and I think that runs that that thing though runs through all of these films, all four of these films. So you know, one, two, three, and the reboot. Mm. There is this acknowledgement that. Without being without being a, a, a police officer, without having his purpose, like he has no purpose. No, just be dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny that you know you know yeah. we, we talk about our, we talk about our jobs and you talk about transferable skills. Mm. Like Robocop's not really got a load of transferable skills. Maybe <laughs> Dyson or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say yeah, he might have. A, yeah, no, you're right. Um, so it's one purpose. So he, yeah, he is not only is he trapped in that body, but he is trapped in that fate. He is trapped in that destiny. He cannot get away from it. Um, and so yes, yeah, so I, I just find that really tragic. I think Robocop is a really tragic character. Um, I think you're right, Scott. And just looking at him now, just sat on this Todd by himself, just looking really sorry for himself. Yeah. So, and we've talked about Robocop one and everything about. It, but if you, took, if you let's let's jump onto Robocop two, um, and we'll give a quick rundown of Robocop two. So Robocop yep. two yep. is set uh, about a year or so after um, Robocop one. Yep. And Robocop is on the streets, he's doing his thing. Um, and although you'd say he's doing his thing, it would appear that Detroit, old Detroit, has got worse. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't been doing a very good job then, has he? No, he's only one, he's only one machine. Uh, OCP is still doing its thing, it's still on its Delta City project. Yeah. Uh, looking to do that. And, yeah. And um, within that, though, there is now a new drug on the street called Nuke. Yeah. And Nuke is um, run by Ke- the Nuke gang is run by Kane. I've actually got some here today to try. Have you? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pass it around later. Yeah. Um, and the, the the group led by Kane, um, yeah, is basically sort of f- fueling the police, uh, fu- fueling the crime in Old Detroit. Um, and Robocop is determined to take it down. It's sort of his, one of his sort of primary objectives in this film is to take down the drugs cartel or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, in the background, we find that Omni's consumer products are still pushing on what they consider to be the success of Robocop. Yes. But they want to create a Robocop 2. They're not great at naming, let's be honest. So they want I've to got, I've got a winning formula here. Why, yeah. why ruin it? Um, and so what we find is they're trying multiple candidates and you get a great montage of failures. Uh, and eventually they're using a, a, a psychologist to identify a suitable candidate. Yeah. She picks cr- a criminal, uh, no less than Kane, the leader of the nuke gang, to become the body and the organic parts of Robocop 2. That, that feels... Yeah. Inevitably, we'll get onto that. Inevitably, inevitably uh, once pushed, it gets a, it goes a bit pear-shaped, yeah. and Kane, in the, bo- in the robotic body of Robocop 2, goes on a rampage, and um, Robocop has to take him out. Other things happen in the background, but that's pretty much... That's the pretty much the film. Yeah. 
Um, again, it's uh, it stars Peter Weller, uh, Nancy Allen. Yes. Uh, Tom Noonan as Kane, who is another great character actor. I think appears in some good stuff. In this period, you've got him in things like this was 1990. So soon after this, he's in like Last Action Hero as the axe wielding killer okay. in that. He was the Frankenstein in um, Monster Squad. Right. Uh, he's appeared in loads of stuff. Like Tom Noonan's a great actor. Uh, the, the, here's the thing I find with this film. This is an interesting part of this film. This film uh, d- doesn't retain any of the uh, creative team. So Paul Verhoeven at this point had gone off to do Total Recall. Yeah, so amazing. Didn't come back. Yeah. So directing got turned over to Irving Kirshner. What's he done? So Irving Kirshner is one of these people that you will very rarely have heard of, but you will have heard of what he's done. He directed The Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Did Back. It? Yeah. So he, but he was a just absolute classic. Well, yeah. So, so he was. A, it was a, um, before. That was before this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's early eighties, eighty three. Yeah, so Irving Kirshner is a very. He was a teacher. He was a film teacher, um, and I think this shows in this film um, because we've had Paul Verhoeven before. Who, when you look at his other films, you know everything from RoboCop through to Total Recall through to Showgirls, Stormtroopers, <laughs> Troopers, Basic Instinct. But like seriously, you look at Dover, like you know, there's a, they're not all great. I'll give you that. Let, let, let me pitch you Showgirls, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boobs. Um, <laughs> Remember Saved by the Bell? Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> She's gonna be a star. Um, th- he's not. He's a very sort of. Um, he's a very clean cut director. Like he filmed. What do you mean by that? So, so Paul Verhoeven has got a, he's got a look, and he'll do things that are interesting. So yeah, he's the one that sort of came up with like, the certain things within the the satire of and the excess of RoboCop, right? right? So if you take if you take the excess out of RoboCop, as we said about the, the number of squibs in the end of nine scene or mm. Murphy's death, or even at the end with the Melty Man, all that other stuff, right? If you take all of that out or reduce it, like RoboCop, it b- becomes a little bit dull, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's, it's Paul Verhoeven that set that standard. And from Robocop 2, you can see that the studio have gone, no, no, this is what a Robocop film is. Like It's got to be excessive. You've got to have all this daftness and this yeah, just crazy yeah. level of violence. And they've given it to Irvin Kirshner, who doesn't have that flair. Like He's, not a, he's, he's a, a working director. He will film what is on the page. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But he's not going to add to yeah, it. But, yeah, exactly. But we could do this with a crane shot, and then we could do this with boom, 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 and all this other stuff. So... He's very reliant on what he's given. Okay, so he's, and, he's and looking back at old RoboCop and just yeah, doing that. Just basically. Paste. Now, the other thing that, this, that, that you get from this is that it was written by Waylon Green, who'd written a couple of things. Right. But more importantly, the story and the majority of the script, or the, at least the first couple of drafts, was written by Frank Miller. Right. Uh, and Frank Miller, most notably comic book writer for yeah. uh, early Daredevil things yeah. and The Dark Knight Returns, Batman. Um, and... Basically, I would say that this is obviously a few years later, so 86, but Dark Knight Returns is 1986, but it has in it um, uh, news media, right? talking heads about the topics, much like you get in Robocop, yeah, yeah. which is, you can you can see why they chose or they turned to Frank Miller to, to, to come in and do it, okay, to come in to write this in. Okay. The other reason is there was a writer's strike at the time, and so they turned to Miller as a comic book writer and said, would you fancy doing it? Uh, and I think the original objective was to have him do the story in a draft script and then give it to a proper writer or a film writer and have them batter it out and, and make it something. But the, 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 the strike went on too long and so you get the script you get. 
And I honestly think that this film is so populated with Frank Millerisms yeah. that you know that's where the excess comes from. Right. Rather you, than the directorial. Thing. Yeah, but you almost need like a Paul Verhoeven to come in then and Bring, lift it up. And lift it yeah, up to yeah, make yeah. it cinematic. And you don't have that. Um, that's not to say that this film isn't good though. No. I enjoyed this film. But I, it's not as dark as the first one. It's not got that violence piece. It's no. violent, but it's in, in a different way. Well, what are your thoughts on Robocop 2? Give us some of your thoughts on well, Robocop 2. I think when we first spoke, and I kind of, you know, stepped in chocolate the other day, and we had a mm. chat, I was like, I think I'd just seen, I'd seen Robocop 1 and 2, and I was like, actually, I prefer 2. But looking back on it, I actually think it's because I was more involved in the Robocop universe, and was just enjoying that more. And then mm. retrospectively, kind of, you know, I collected my thoughts. It's, it's not as good as one by any means. It's not a standout. I think if you had this film... And you said this is this is RoboCop. You wouldn't be that interested in the sequel, um, but because it's not fully defined. If you have the first one, you're like, yeah, give me some more of that. Yeah. It's a great universe. I want to explore here. It's kind of the set. We set the scene in the first one. This is RoboCop. Let's just do another story in that universe. It doesn't add anything more to it. We, we don't yeah. we don't develop the character anymore. We don't develop the city. Omnicore, you know, you carry on as this giant behemoth of an organization. But it doesn't move us forward. It's not no. like it's, you take a Star Wars trilogy. That story's moving forward. There's a massive plot. Here, it's not. It's like Robocop was a success. Let's bang out another Robocop film. Yeah. It doesn't. And that's a shame because we could develop this so much further. It doesn't do that. We just kind of got a nice universe. Let's just play a story out into it. You know how before I said in the first one, from from the end of the first one, that we have by the end of the film that you've reset the baseline, and that's usually the case of these of origin stories, right? But I see Murphy as a and Robocop as a tragic figure. Mm. This film is a comic book film, written yeah. by a comic book ca- a comic book writer. Yeah, yeah. Because what you hear is you take all your you take all the toys out the box, right? And they go, here's how I'm going to play with them. You smash them together for a little bit, and then you you basically put them all back in the box, having very little changed. That is what that's what comic yeah. book writing is. Yeah. Right. That's what we've got here. Yeah, and that's exactly what this film is. Like you're saying, um, and it's good. And I also think if you were to watch. If you now watch any, uh, quite a few of the Marvel standalone origin stories. The Mar- okay, right? yeah, yeah. So you look at the, the current MCU. Yeah, yeah. This almost sets the precedent for those. In what way? So you take Iron Man, right? Yeah. First Iron Man film. So it, it, this is almost like an extension of the origin film. The idea is you, the, the MCU is predicated on this idea that to become a hero, you have to defeat yourself. You have to be the demons or you're the, the possible you you could be, mm-hmm. right? So I, in Iron Man 1, Tony Stark takes on um, uh, but Jeff Bridges as Ironmonger, the bigger version, that big suit. All right, yeah, so yeah. you've got to fight another robot suit because that's what you could have been. Yeah, yeah. Right? You've taken that the other path. Right, brilliant. Okay, move on. Captain America, you've got to take on the Red Skull. What happened to him? Well, he was given your serum as well, but he went bad. Oh, so you've got to take on another version, your potential version, your yeah. opposite, and beat them. Okay, you do that. Okay, and it goes through. Iron in Ant Man, another person in another suit. Someone else who could have been the, is the corporate baddie. Da, da, da. It, um, Doctor Strange, someone who comes in, sees a purity in magic, and you get you get um, uh, the the baddie in that. The MCU is always always about these initial setups. Is about you overcoming the potential baddie that you could have become. Okay. Because right? then you can step past and go. Well, I've beaten my inner demons. I'm now the hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is very much that of. It's what, not so what, much, what the you, first film was? No, the second film. They set up a trope, and it's not totally the same, but he's got to beat his robot equivalent. Got yeah. 
and I think that's what they sort of go well look we've tried to improve on you yeah but you're able to beat it and you know as, as a, instead of being a cop you've you've become you know you take on a criminal yeah but also you could have you are a, a reinforced you know machine yes. you could have gone mental and stuff killed yeah, yeah, people, yeah. but you stuck to duty that one didn't you've got to defeat it to be a better Robocop and so I think this, this the, the Miller comes into this with comic book sensibilities that again I, I, don't, I don't think you say doesn't advance the plot you get a story within the Robocop world yeah but I never think yeah you're right this has advanced the world no like at the end of this film Omni, Omni consumer product still haven't got Delta City off the ground no um, they um, Robocop is still just a cop yeah, you know no, nothing yeah. great. Nothing, Nothing's changed. The status quo has not changed by the end of this film. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Spot just on, it's Scott. just a story. Spot on. Yeah. Uh, having said that, though, it is incredibly fun. Yeah, it's enjoyable to yeah. go on that path. And that's what I mean. That's but why I think this is a comic book film. It's a really it's fun, daft fun. film. Yeah. Um, that I think you can you can enjoy, and you can say, yeah, this is a really good film. Robocop should have lost the plot in this film and killed some innocent people. Well, again, I think the, some of the teeth was taken. This, this is the problem, though. When when it's all robot, when he, when we say Nazi is more robot than he is human, it's always going to be down to bad programs. So he's ever really going to overcome something himself. Well, he can't because there is yeah, exactly. No, yeah. so you can't. You can never really have that true. No, the only yeah, they're never going to give him back his full free will, and they mm. sort of try to in this one. They try to establish that because they give him the other thing as well. Is Frank Miller clearly hates psychologists. Uh, if you read sort of uh, Dark Knight Returns, it's in that. Like, and I've in one of my previous podcasts, I actually gave, had a, did a review of Dark Knight Returns, and right. it, it's yeah. clear that he, he he doesn't like psychologists. This thing in the eighties of sort of like self help, and you know the the victim isn't the victim; it's the you know it's the body that's the victim, and they're the victim of circumstance and society, and all this. This softly, softly kind of thing. Clearly, did not appreciate it, and so you get Doctor Fax in this, who is um, the psychologist. Yeah. It's clearly that again Miller venting against this idea of psychology, and actually it's evil, and they always make bad decisions, and it's it's it's, it's stupid yeah. and all sort of stuff. Because um, she's seen as the villain in this. Yeah, well, yeah, she because she's kind of in with Kane, isn't she? Yeah, and she yeah. gives him those. So he's as you said before, he's got four directives. One of them being the OCP one, right? At the start of this film, he's got three: um, serve the public trust, defend the innocent, uphold the law. Yeah. Um, and it's the way I live my life. Yeah, exactly. And then she gives him like hundreds of more. Like when he gets back, when he gets taken down, uh, she gives him hundreds. Yeah. And um, they run through them, and some of them are sort of like, don't, you know, avoid well, conflict where can. Be nice, say these things. Oh, yeah. Be um, nice, um, help the elderly cross the road. Mm. Um, always look both ways when crossing. Um, what other ones were there? Oh, this, uh, I can't yellow them. snow. Yeah, probably one of them, yeah. Um, but again, like you say, it's it's it doesn't have teeth because if they if that that what that would have driven Robocop insane, but they play it for comedy rather than pathos. Yeah, like he's not tortured by any of it. He just gets a bit confused and says some silly things. Did he overwrite it himself? He gets electrocuted himself. Yeah, he, to, yeah. To, to, to what, what the, I can't understand how he can do that though. It makes it's, it's just it's a, it's another it's another. Gimme, you've got to accept it that him putting the masses of volts through him and it works. Do you know what I mean? It's just one of those. Because um, you do, the film starts off with him being a badass. 
in yeah, this film yeah, because yeah. you know you, you've just put it onto the scene where he invades oh, Payne's home, oh, the, the drugstore, the, yeah, the, the drug start. factory, um, before he gets taken out, and it's it's badass. Kind of reference like yeah, yeah, yeah in the very beginning, like he is. There's like a baby in that scene or something. He's like right at the beginning. Yeah. Um. That's quite. If it doesn't go down that way. Yeah. So yeah, Robocop is set up in this film. So again, this is where you know, like I said before, okay. like you know, you set the stories up by you have that scene that sets up how good they actually are. Yeah. Right. So in this film, that's that the opening scene. He takes out the drug, the drug factory, and you get to see how good he is. Yeah. You know, he's th- this is this is Robocop at his performing best. Yeah. This is his day to day, just exactly. smashing out, yeah. grinding out a win. Um. And that's become, you know, this is now, this is how these things work. So you, you've got the origin. Now you've just got to set that standard for those that may not have seen. This is almost like a refresher. Yeah, okay. Oh, did you see Robocop? I'm seeing it yet. Okay, well, this is what Robocop does. Yeah, he never did this actually in the first film, but this is this is what he does. Yeah. He's got a badass gun, just goes around, shoots the shit out of things. It shows you everything. It shows you his targeting. It shows you his You can take a few through. bullets. Yeah. yeah. It'll blast three it into the chest. It shows the way he works, right? Um, yeah. And all that. So it sets him up brilliantly. He's a baby. Doesn't shoot babies. Yeah. Good. And then what they do is they they, they don't show that when he's been given all those directives that that impacts him at all. It just makes him a bit it makes him a bit nutty and a bit daft. Yeah. But other than that, it doesn't it doesn't seem to inhibit him at all. Can't shoot kids. No, that's the thing. Yeah, because always protect the innocent. They consider he still considers the kids innocent. Which again, if you get shot in the face <laughs> after the kid shoots you in the face, I'll be like, "Yeah, you're not innocent now. You're, you're a threat." Yeah, I know, yeah. But um, it may just it may be something else in his programming. And also, how does he? How can he tell how old the child is? Like, if he's got you know, what's yeah, the threshold? Yeah, this, is, this is Hollywood. Some people look a lot younger than they are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, Why is the screen so grainy? He's looking for. He's not time. HD, is he? He doesn't have HD vision. He's not. He's, not, he's not 4K. No way. Um, it's got some interlacing issues with the screen though yeah um, but yeah I, I, you know so I find that with Robocop 2 there are some story issues and it's not designed to be a satire this one doesn't yeah, I think I don't think so it's just to churn out some money It's yeah this feels like a churn out some money it's, um, quick, it's quite quickly after there, are, there are two moments in this film though where I, that I do think could have been built upon right. to create something that, we, that is really masterful and really again I think that cool. Irving Kirshner isn't the person to do it so the first one is it's quite early on and they deal with it very quickly but um, he's obviously been stalking his wife and yes. kid yeah. Right? Yeah. so the memories are there and he knows he can't confront them up front oh, yeah, yeah. but so at one point with his mask off with the helmet off he uh, they bring the wife in he's yeah. told you have, to, you have to show her that you are just a machine and she with his mask off and he says uh, they uh, they did this to honour him I am not your husband they did this to honour him yeah. and um, your husband is dead and all this other stuff and it's a really sort of quick scene um, and he says I don't know you like he has to distance himself Yeah. and that's it Like it's never followed up it's never referenced again right to me if I if I did this that should be almost the, the, one of the subplots in this film, right? Yeah, yeah. His emotional distress, the, the grief he has to face now, finally giving up that life. Yeah. Because this, you know, I said before about being a tragic. Yeah, but, but yeah, but it's never, it's never mentioned again. No. 
and by the end of the film, we just get bored of the idea. Though. Yeah, but it's almost like they've got to address it. Oh, okay, we've got we, we never really addressed this in the first film, so we've got to address it now. Let's pull it out. But th- this should have should have. There's a thing called Chekhov's gun. Okay. Right. The idea is this: this it's a rule. Oh, yeah. It's a ruling thing that if you show a gun in the first scene, by the by the end of the play or the end of the film, it's got to have been used. used. Yeah. Right. That scene to me feels like a Chekhov's gun. Like his wife's give has been brought in, and he's had to give up. Finally, sort of draw a life a line under his previous life. Yeah. To me, it's like well. Surely that should play into something later something on. Later on. Yeah. A decision that he makes later on should be impacted by that decision. Okay. Never comes up again. And by the end of the film, the last line in the film, right, after they've all won, is him sort of like, you know, he's about to take his helmet off. He goes, uh, we'll get them sometime, Lois. We're only human. And I'm like, oh, you're quipping. Oh, you're doing one-liners now. We're not going to acknowledge the fact that you've literally had to acknowledge that you give up your wife and child no, that's not going to bother you oh okay fine All right, he's a robot but, he's, but, we're trying to say, but is he that's the thing like, yeah, well, where's that humanity well, in this well, pick and choose mate as you go through the film I think it's exactly just, so again I find the film fun I think it is really I think there's some good bits in it I think yeah. you know like you say there's the, the drug busting scene yeah. uh, the car chase later on you know when Robocop on a bike yeah he's yeah, yeah. cool um, and the final fight between uh, Robocop and Robocop 2 that's in the theatre isn't it that battle yeah. yeah all really good right and I think the special effects in this are pretty sta- are pretty solid for the for 1990 you know again they're all, they're all practical the, 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 the puppet Robocop when he gets dismembered is, is really good oh yeah because it's the Robocop which all the kids are snicking stuff and they don't do anything yeah I think it's pretty solid um, I, I just think this film feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah. It should have gone really dark. And there's dark moments in it. I mean, they've got, at one point, I mean, there's kids killed in this film. There is kid, there's a kid killed in this film. Yeah, but it's not like... But it's not... Yeah, but you, you mentioned to me the kid the kid dies in the film. I was like, yeah. oh, how dark is that going to be? It doesn't feel that dark. No, it doesn't. Because he just takes a bullet. You don't see him take the bullet. Well, the thing again... Just, just gets hit you never see him, yeah, you just see him die eventually. But again, it feels, like... it feels very Frank Miller. Yeah, it's right? just... This idea of I'm going to skip to that bit. Yeah, this idea of a kid leading a gang, right? And the kid's pretty clued up. To be he is clued up, yeah. right? But here's the thing: in any reality other than this, surely one of the bigger guys would have just come and just give him a, a you know, a bit of a clip around the ear, told him to bugger off, and been yeah. like, no, 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 I'm leading the gang now, mate. And he's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, you're ten. <laughs> you're ten, mate. Go away. Um. And so I, 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 the moment that happens, it feels like that that's a moment to me. When, when they acknowledge that the kid becomes the gang leader, yeah. this film goes a bit off a cliff and becomes goes into silly territory. Yeah. Up until that point, I'm like, I'm buying a lot of this stuff. It's fine. It's all good. Beyond that, it's silly. It feels very Frank Millerish. It feels like extreme for extreme sake, and it's sort of you know. That's quite violent, isn't it? The way he just rips her face. The off. attack from Ro- of Robocop two on his former gang is pretty cool as yeah. well. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Are you, you set, you know, no, 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 no. I enjoyed it. I think it doesn't add anything to it. It's a fun film. I'd quite happily watch it again if it was on TV. But it's not one. It's a type of film I'd watch and do something else in the background with. That's, yeah. that's very that's very like 2010 on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You can't get your phone out, but. You don't really have to be keeping up to the story. It's you can take it or leave it. If it was on late night TV, I'd probably watch it. But 
I'm not going to be fully invested in it. Mm. It's not. It's not adding anything to my life. No, in a way, it's not a film I'm going to go back and remember the scenes from and things like that. It's, it's just. It's, it's a film. It's. It's a fun film. It's a shame. It, yeah, I mean, it, like you say, there's, there's, it's enjoyable. It is enjoyable. It definitely is enjoyable. It's good fun. Yeah. Um, I think the scathing satire of sort of like corporate culture and everything from the first film. They try to inject some of that into this, and it but it falls. Yes, they've already done it. Already. Yeah, there's nothing new. No, um, no. even when they have like the the mayor tries to run a uh, like a fundraiser. Yeah, to save the city. Yeah. And again, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But at no point do I ever feel like this is a scathing indictment of government and cor- corrupt corporate. It's, it's it's played for laughs too much. Yeah. And again, like again, if this had been handled by a a, a more auteur director. I think you'd have got more from it. Yeah. Like there's a, again, like there's underlying moments in this film. You go, oh, okay, I can see this yeah, would have been no, a good. No, film. It feels like no one's coming to what do I want to achieve from this film. It's like I'm coming to do a film, not like what's what, what's the output I want to achieve from this? What legacy do I want to leave? Where do I want this to go? Mm. It's just it's kind of it fills my time up. Yeah, this feels to me a bit like you say. It, um, there are, this is a comic book film. Okay, yeah. and Robocop becomes a comic book character. He's had lots of adventures in comic books and all sort of stuff, and done bits and pieces. But this is a this is a film. This is a sequel. If anything, I'd almost expect this to be fourth or fifth in a franchise. Yeah, where they've gone, we're taking out the bits, we're going to do this, and then we're going to put them back in the box at the end. Yeah, you know what I mean. So by the end of the film, like the status quo hasn't changed. No, I you could you could have. The drug bust. So the start of this film, uh, the, the, this film starts with a short scene, which is quite entertaining. Of a, a, a bad lady, or not like officer, gets mugged by, gets done by a mugger. The mugger then gets mugged by the prostitutes, yeah, yeah. and then they get blown up. Yeah. Right? By the end of this film, that could still be that's still happening on the streets. Like old Detroit's still a mess. Yeah. Nothing has changed. No. Now that's not to say that, that when that's done in a film, it's not good. Like if you go to like say Dread from 2012, yeah, the Judge Dread from 2012, that is very much a day in the life story, right? The status quo at the end of the film is very much the status quo at the start of the film. Like it's a single case. They take out a drug lord in a building, and it's it's you know it's a how do I it's a survival film in yeah. that in that block. And at the end of it, you've still got to go off and face crime in Mega City One. But that's the world you've built. Yeah. But in this, they're not trying to achieve that in this, though, are they? No, I don't know what you say. I don't know what they're trying to achieve with this film. Like Murphy doesn't change in this film. He doesn't no. have an arc. No. He, you know, he's not a. Be- and that's where I think that whole thing about him having to give up his wife and child should have played more into the it. film. Yeah. Like the death of that child. Like you know, yeah, he harkens back to his own kid and all sort of stuff. But he doesn't do anything to protect that child or help that child or, or try and give him a better life or anything like that. There's nothing there. There's no lesson learned for Robocop. Yeah. Robocop's a passenger in these films. Yeah, yeah. It's not a Robo. It's that's what I'm saying. Like the title of the film is. Yeah. Isn't really. Yeah. So. Does it have? It's Robocop Two. Did it have like another phrase as part? No, of no, it, no. Just the Robocop Two. The day in the life of. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and so I think yeah, then we move on to. I mean that's it. So final thoughts on on Robocop Two. Really enjoyed watching it. Um, if it was on TV, I would. You'd have to watch. You'd have to see RoboCop, the first one, to get any appreciation about what was going on in the film. Mm. Um, quite happily watch it again, doing something in the background. But it doesn't take the franchise anywhere. And I think that's the whole problem of this. The, the films kind of don't move on from one. 
Well, I think but... that's I think that's almost a, a, a suffering of the era. It's because it's not. It's you take like a lot of the great trilogies. Mm. They're written with that in mind, aren't they? This is this is a standalone film, and then you just got people just jumping on, just trying to make a book out of it. It's, mm. But the thing is, like I say, having a standalone film where you take the things out of the box and put them back in is fine. And that as long as you acknowledge that that's, that's what it is, it's a fine thing. Yeah. But even in some of the films, for example, Indiana Jones is a really good example. Yeah. Where each of the films is an, in, is an independent story. Yeah. Right. But Indy has a, an arc in each of those films. Yeah. Like he learns something from the films. And those, those lessons are usually set up pretty early on in the film, right? Um, whether it be fortune, you know, running off to find fortune and glory in Temple of Doom or uh, appreciating the, the work that his father did and being in that relationship in, in Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, and um, Raiders is a bit different, but it's, it's more of a pulpy thing. But there's still lessons learned in all those films, right? Um, and so it's fine. Take them out. Play with them, put them back, but they've learned a lesson, so you move on to the next one. But this, like, no one learns anything. Like, right. it, it's it's in, it's inconsequential to the to the wider arc, right? But if we move on to Robocop three, oh, this is the pinnacle of everything. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Mine and Gareth's thoughts on the first two Robocop films. Why don't you contact us, though? Let us know what you think of the first two Robocop films. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they some of your favourite films of all time? Or have you never seen them? I hope, if you haven't, this has indicated what you should be watching. But let me know. Contact me on email. It's 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. Try us on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, all under 20th Century Geek. Just find us. We are there and happy to discuss anything. And of course, 20th Century Geek has a Patreon page. I'd like to say I'm part man, part machine, all podcaster, funded by a huge corporate entity, but I'm not. So any funds that can be thrown our way is uh, greatly appreciated and all get put back into making this podcast possible. So... If you want to throw some coppers our way and keep uh, the lights on at 20th Century Towers, that's greatly appreciated. But if you don't want to throw money our way, that's fine. Please show your support by uh, providing a review on uh, iTunes or other podcast catchers. Uh, it helps us get out to other listeners, helps spread the geek love. Uh, but also, if you want to send something our way, if you want to help the, the research on the podcast, we do have an Amazon list. Just search for 20th Century Geek under the Amazon Geek uh, wish lists we are there all the books on there uh, will help in our research and we are lovers of secondhand books on 20th century geek so just try that okay ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time for the rest of our robocop retrospective <laughs>